Welcome back to another episode of Are We Rolling? I'm Kyle. I'm Dustin Scott Story Munson. The never-ending one himself. Mm. Your ink will never run out. No, my ink won't. Apparently. Airwolf. Yeah. So we'll get into the plugs right away. Battleground is today slash tomorrow, depending whenever you listen to this. Whenever this comes out, it's on Saturday, July 8th. Wilevsky's Blue Saloon, St. Paul, Minnesota. Perseverance. Yep. Um, yeah, it's you versus Airwolf, and then Darren Corbin versus Venom for the Battleground title in a 30-minute Iron Man match, which, weirdly enough, not the only 30-minute Iron Man match of the weekend. What's the other one? The WWE uh, Raw tag titles. The Hardys versus Cesaro and Sheamus is a 30-minute Iron Man match. A tag Iron Man match? Yep, it's dumb. Which basically okay. even Kurt Angle said, well, we've gone through every other stipulation, so we might as well do an Iron Man match. Hey, while we're at it, let's do last tag team standing, too. Yeah. Let's do uh, Elimination Chamber, but just two tag teams. Let's do... I still, I still liked the idea of S.H.I.E.L.D. versus Wyatt's in an elimination chamber with just the other two members of each. Do you know what that would be? War games. Yep. Yeah. It'd be war games in an elimination chamber. Yeah. It would be Triple H's dream match. Yeah. Except in Triple H's dream. Like I could just I mean, see him pitching it. it. Yeah. I could see him pitching and being like, no, listen. So let's say we do an elimination chamber with two teams, but instead of one chamber, there's two. There's two chambers. And they're connected. So it's like one big hell in a cell. But there's two rings. And we can call it the Elimination Chamber Tag Team Extravaganza. Great balls of fire. Because they're going to war. And in this game, only one team is left standing. Well, geez, that sounds a lot like we're, no. It's not though. This is not. A, this is the WWE idea, so we can do it. We should also do a pay per view in October, like Havoc on Halloween. Okay, that one they should actually do. I, that was always my favorite one. Yeah, Halloween and Havoc, and it's the best title. Like, it is the best it's one such a cool title? Like, and if you like Slim Jims, it's everywhere. <laughs> it's everywhere. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, so great. I guess we're just going to start off with Great Balls of Fire mm. this weekend. Yep. Uh, one match show. Uh, Joe and Lesnar, the one everybody's been dying to see since Lesnar came back and since Joe is in TNA still. Yep. Everybody's like, wouldn't it be fucking cool if we could get some old Joe versus Brock Lesnar? That'd be pretty baller. And then they're like, fine, here you go, internet wrestling community. But the pay-per-view is called Great Balls of Fire. Yeah. Suck my ass. And despite Paul Heyman doing his best effort, it's still called Great Balls of Fire, and that's really lame. Mm, I mean, how? I'm just curious like, how they got that. What mood was Vincent when he's like, oh, that sounds like a great idea? He was probably listening to the song because that's the <laughs> most recent song he's heard. It's a good idea. I mean, like, in another universe, that pay-per-view could have been called WWE Presents Bad Romance. 
still a better title than Great Falls of Fire. It could be. Might might have to keep that in uh, in my back of my mind for event titles. Right. <laughs> oh fucking! But yeah, it's a it's a one match show, really. I haven't really been keeping up with Raw lately. Yeah, I don't blame you. SmackDown's the better show mm-hmm. recently, and yeah, it's uh, like like I said, it feels like a very much a one match show. I I'm excited for it. Yeah, I'll watch it. I'm I'm sure it's going to... I don't even know a lot of the matchups, to be honest. There's that 30-minute tag Ironman match that I just learned. Yeah. Uh, Uh, Joe and Brock. uh, Neville versus Tozawa on the pre-show. Well, I mean, that'll probably be fun. That'll be a good match. It'll be good. But again, it's on the kickoff show. Speaking of the cruiserweights. Wow, we're actually good with our segues They're down one. Yeah, they're down one, which... uh, He's the first cut since 205 live started right um at least first probably the first one that was first prominent one at least yeah um he tweeted out what a beautiful day and then like a banana and a sunglasses emoticon so i i think it's safe to say he requested his release that doesn't surprise me uh Uh, yeah so austin aries asked asked for Potentially asked for his release. Yeah. Austin Aries is no longer a part of the WWE. So, yeah, I guess that's that. Came in, did WrestleMania, got the fuck out. Yeah. Hey. He got that WrestleMania payday. Yep. That WrestleMania kickoff show payday, I should say. Um, Not entirely surprising, given his last appearance, where yeah. he lost the submission match, sat looking like a crazy person on the outside of the ring, and then tweeted something about his future being unclear or something like yeah. who knows what the future holds blah 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 probably led to a lot of speculation of oh golly is he gonna be done probably yeah he's probably gonna be done because normally people who plan on sticking around and showing up on monday don't tweet things like that yeah. um yeah so unless it's part of a storyline but i doubt it well they basically wrote him off afterwards so yeah i'm sure that I mean, who knows what he's going to do? Maybe he's got something else lined up. Maybe he just wants to go back to the Indies. Yeah, maybe he wants to go back to the Indies. Maybe, I mean, it, he's it's got the 90 days, so it's not like he's going to appear in the G1 or anything. No, probably and, not. But um, And also, he'd still probably be a junior if he went to New Japan. So, Yeah, but I don't know. It's We'll see what happens. But... I guess uh, more prominently, yeah, the Cruiserweight title is being defended at Great Balls of Fire. And, uh, yeah, I imagine Neville's probably going to retain. Yeah, I I would assume so, because I don't see anybody taking that title off him anytime soon. And then just watch, he gets... But that's probably a good thing something. because they're kind of playing hot potato with it for the last yeah, year. Yeah, they they were like they were playing hot potato with it, and then yeah, since January, it's like okay, no, this is this is our division, and we are finally building around somebody. Yeah, and he's been he's been good in his heel role. Um, it's one of those things where like when Neville came in for the uh, past couple of years while he was in WWE, it's not like you'd ever think, I can't wait for Neville's heel run. Yeah, you, know? you would have never thought that because he's so like flashy. Mm-hmm. It's it's kind of early, um, like like seeing Seth Rollins on the Indies is as Tyler Black before like Age of the Fall, and it's like, oh, mm-hmm. this guy's doing you know Phoenix splashes and dives out out of nowhere. It's like 
he's going to be a baby face forever. And then it's like, oh, nope, he's actually a really good heel. This is surprising. See, in this day and age, you can be a heel and still do baby face moves. Like AJ yeah. Styles just kind of got done with a yep. long heel run in WWE and uh, pretty successful. He had a lot of heat in the beginning yes. and then slowly won people over because he's just so goddamn fun to watch. Yeah, and so it's good at what yeah, he does. AJ Styles, yeah. Yeah, which anybody who is uh, not exclusively watched Monday Night Raw for the last like fifteen years knew. Yeah, um, and they it, and they actually really handled his heel run well. Where like if you look at his stuff in TNA, every time he'd be heel, he kind of would just be dopey. Yeah, like, he'd, be, he, like, he'd always be a lackey of Angle or of Christian, and he'd be dumb. Like he would just say dumb shit all the time and yeah. act like a like a dipshit and it's kind of it was kind of dumb like i didn't like that much at all he just acted like the silly henchman of a guy yeah, that was, it was better weird and uh i was always of the position where i never thought i never thought anybody was better than him so i was always kind of like i didn't like watching aj play second fiddle especially when he would act like a doofus so yeah that i didn't like his heel stuff there but then when he did his bullet club stuff yeah bullet club which i mean we can transition into mm-hmm. like New Japan from there. Like the the leaders of the Bullet Club are almost at at the point that they're the leader of the Bullet Club are one of the best workers in that company. Because when Balor or Balor when he was Devitt leading the Bullet Club, he was probably the best worker outside of Okada in that company. He leaves. Styles comes in. He's the best wrestler in that company, maybe outside of Okada. Mm-mm. And that's debatable. Definitely debatable. You could probably throw in Tanahashi in there, too. Yeah, and you can throw in Tanahashi, but, but it's like... I think it's easy to say the leader of the Bullet Club is always the best wrestler that's not Japanese. That's true. He is the best wrestler that's not Japanese. So, um, And then that's exactly what's happening now with Kenny Omega. He mm-hmm. is the best wrestler in that company that's not Japanese. Yeah, which seems to be the gimmick of Bullet Club. It's mostly Americans and yep. a couple... British. It's it's white people with like yeah, one, one or two exceptions. It's a, it's a couple. It's a bunch of white people and um and Islanders. Like because we've got uh, uh Fale's from. Yeah. So it's pretty much all. It's all foreign. Yeah, it's all foreign. It's not. It's all it's outside not... of Japanese except for Yujiro, and he's just in there to prove. See, it's not all Japanese guy. It's not all. Outside of Japanese guys, we have this traitor here, too. Yeah, but mostly it seems like the Bullet Club is always like the gimmick of almost like invaders. Yeah, they are. They're, like, they're the We're invaders. here to take over, and then it's up to like Okada to stop them from getting the title and blah, blah, blah. You know, yep. how it goes. Classic wrestling. Yeah, classic wrestling. They do the wrestling. same thing in WWE with fucking Rusev. Yeah, it's, it's, the, yeah it's, the, it's flipped in America where the Japanese are the invading foreigners or the Russians or the Iranians or the... There's always a faction like the Un-Americans or yep. Team Canada or what have you. It's always like, what? They're not born on our patch of dirt. Fucking bad guys. Yeah. I hate bad them. guys now. You fucking foreigners. Yeah. Yeehaw. Bang, bang, bang. America. Um, but then... That's like, wrestling. This, this last weekend, it was almost flipped for the New Japan... Uh, G1 specials in Long Beach mm-hmm. where 
all the Americans, except notably for Cody Rhodes, mm-hmm. were cheered, and some of the Japanese guys were booed. Yeah, because like, no, they're the ones who are coming over here. Right, people Even though wanna... we're we're really happy that they're over here. Thank God. Well, like that's the thing too. It was like nobody was outshining Okada, and nobody no. was outshining Tanahashi. No, yeah, especially at that point, yeah. Yeah, and I think a good thing about that is like, yeah, people are going to want to cheer for, it's New Japan, and here's all the people that we like watching in New Japan, like the Young Bucks and blah, blah, blah. Yep. Um, but the reason I think that not all of them were getting cheered as much as you maybe would have thought, ergo Cody Rhodes, was we've been watching Cody Rhodes for the last decade Yeah, in America, we haven't seen Okada in America. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, it, yeah, like not a couple, really. A couple appearances for Ring of Honor. We haven't seen the Rainmaker Okada yeah. in America, and like, it's kind of like it was their home turf because it was a New Japan ring, but that ring was in an away stadium. Yeah. So it's like you get to see that brand in America for the first time, and then you're going to get excited to see their homegrown talent that everybody's used to watching on the TV. So when you see like Cody Rhodes out there with Okada, as exciting as it is for Cody to be out there on the Indies doing super well, which I think despite everybody booing him, everybody's happy that he's outside of WWE and having so much success, but they understand for one, he's the bad guy. uh, So he should be getting booed. But even the smarky fans, I think were like, Fuck it, I'm just excited Okada's here. Yep, exactly. I'm excited Okada's here, and I don't want to see Okada, and more importantly, I think, I don't want to see Okada lose that title. Yeah. and Not to Cody. Especially not to Cody. They, I'm sure if it was Kenny Omega, it'd be a different conversation. Oh, it was a completely different conversation, because you heard the crowd erupt when Omega came out to throw in the towel for Cody. Yeah, that was a crowd. And, they, and Omega's kind of in the same boat. Uh, he is a guy that kind of started over here, but yeah. has granted, like I knew who Kenny Omega was. I don't know. Fucking like, when was he in ring of honor? Like 10 years ago? I think so. Yeah. And he's and throwing he, Kamehameha's. Yeah. He's throwing Kamehameha's um, and other random, but like he's reached his, I don't even think he's reached his full potential, but like the level that he's at now, we haven't really seen him do that in America except for a, a couple special occasions, like when he's yep. at PWG or whatever. Yeah, because uh, like the the joke online is there's there's big match Kenny, and mm-hmm. then there's like t shirt and tassels Kenny. Yeah, and a lot of times when he's in America, it's t shirt and tassel Kenny teaming up with the Young Bucks doing silly shit. Yeah, so like. It's kind of in the same boat as Okada is that a lot of the guys were just excited. Like, we get to see Kenny Omega in America for New Japan yep. doing, you know, we don't get to see this in person. We, we're used to buying a DVD. Yeah, doing, so, and, and in Omega's case, at least in my opinion, having the best match of the night both easily. nights. Yeah, that's not surprising at all. Yeah. So, and... That being said, too, like I was saying when we were watching it, him and Ishii, like Ishii's a dude who I would never look on paper and go, I can't wait to see that Ishii match. But almost every time I watch his matches, it's just like, holy shit, this is fantastic. Yeah, and it's just the little things like the, all right, Kenny's going for that like German suplex Mm -hmm. off the apron to the table. He keeps grabbing the rope. Yeah. He keeps grabbing the rope. Goes for the dragon, bites the rope. Yeah. 
holds on with a bite, which is slightly ridiculous. Kind of, especially when he like accidentally let go of the rope, but (laughs) shit happens. Yeah, shit happens. But then, you know, both of them nearly die off that dragon suplex to the table. The thing with Ishii, I think, is that he's a really good counter style to like the super athletic fancy move guys he's a really good base yeah he is and so, like the the match previous because it was a tournament was mm-hmm. was Ishii and Zack Sabre Jr. yeah which you can't get more counter styles mm-hmm. and yeah Zack being the technical wizard trying to do all this fancy shit and then Ishii clotheslines him and brainbusters him right, right. well it's kind of like uh, there was that table for three with uh, Nash, Shawn Michaels, and AJ Styles, yep. where they were like Shawn Michaels was talking about everybody saying he needs to come back for one more match to wrestle AJ, and he made the point. He's like, we could go out there and do the match everybody knows we're gonna have, yeah, and we're gonna be busting our fucking asses because we all have to do crazy shit, yep. or. I could go out there with Samoa Joe, who's got a very different style than me, and do something actually like interesting. Yep. And like that's the thing. It's like who who's AJ gonna have a better match with? Seth Rollins, who has a pretty similar style, yeah. or John Cena, who is gonna act as a base, act and as a base, act as counter a big his power. Style. Yeah. Yeah. Like, granted, both matches would be great. Oh yeah, they would, both would be great. Sometimes it's more interesting to see a clash of styles and not. Uh, the same style, yeah, going against. Well, because I I think I remember going back to like it's it's just slightly different styles, but I remember hearing reviews and we we watched it actually for this podcast. I remember went back when we were watching the five star matches. Uh, we watched Joe versus Kabashi, mm-hmm. and yes, they have similar styles, but it's just slightly different enough that it works really well, and that you know proved to be an amazing match but yeah. then joe versus uh mitsuharu mazawa who has a very similar style to samoa joe mm-hmm. apparently it was kind of a train wreck yeah that can happen but like you have mazawa versus kobashi that kills it every time and joe versus kobashi was great but yeah for some reason joe versus mazawa was not great you know what another perfect example of this is WrestleMania 20, Brock versus Goldberg. Both guys have kind of yeah. checked out. Uh, yeah, but at that point, yeah. Honestly, do you think they would have done anything different if it was a year before? No. No, because no, their styles been... are both the, un, the, immo- the, you know, the immovable object versus the unstoppable force. Well, you're going to get pushing each other, breaking off, pushing each other, breaking off. Uh, uh, uh. Yeah. Lift them no. up, can't lift them up. Other guy lifts him up, can't lift him up. Blah 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 blah. Spear like yeah. that's gonna be the match every time, pretty much. But you get Brock versus like you throw Brock in there with like Cena and Seth Rollins for that triple threat. That was amazing. You do some, you can do some interesting stuff. Yeah, like it, it's everything's a game of styles. Yeah, I mean, no pun intended. You can throw AJ Styles in there and it's gonna be great. But like it's it's really like st- like and the same thing goes for UFC. You hear it. Anytime you hear anybody who ha- who's intelligent break down MMA, uh, styles make matchups. Yep. That's that's what it, like look at Woodley and Wonderboy. The the second fight at least sucked ass because because they're both counter strikers. They're both well they're both they respected each other yeah. striking way too much. Well like Woodley's a good striker, but he's also an excellent wrestler, and that yeah. was keeping. So Woodley didn't want to throw a strike at 
Wonder Boy because Wonder Boy is a counter striker and probably the best striker in the UFC, at least in that weight division. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Wonder Boy wasn't going for major kicks or anything because Woodley's takedowns, you know, you throw a kick, he's taking you down. Yeah, yeah. He didn't want to get close enough to get taken down. Yeah. And that also, yeah, impeded his striking ability. So that was a that was a clash of styles yeah. where you get fucking, God, what was it? I don't know. Like, there's a lot of good fights. Like, uh, sometimes, uh, like, the best fights you're going to get, too, are two good strikers where neither one is a counter striker. Yeah. Like, you watch a Holly Holm fight, and if the other person's not aggressive, like, being the aggressor on Holly Holm, you got yourself a fucking snore fest. Okay, yeah, I was about to say, I'm like, you're putting over a Holly Holm fight? No. Okay, good. (laughs) You'll I'm get like, a good Holly Holm fight when, uh, when you got someone like Ronda in the face. Well, when you got Ronda, who is very, very, very aggressive. Like, Ronda's yeah. game was always, I'm going to overwhelm my opponent. And it worked up yeah. until Holly. Uh, but that's because that was the perfect matchup for Holly. Somebody mm-hmm. who's going to rush in, throw strikes, and then pop, knock you out. Look at Conor McGregor, too. Yeah. He's a counter striker. What happened to Aldo? He rushed in, was the aggressor, got knocked out. Uh, I mean, Conor doesn't exclusively counterpunch yeah um but like that that's basically the point is like i'm trying to think of what like a oh so like nate diaz and connor yeah very con like like not similar styles they're different but like nate's aggressive and can take a punch yeah so like he's gonna rush in connor might counterpunch him but nate's not going to sleep no. So like you're gonna get an exciting fight. That's when Took like five rounds and he didn't even Yeah, and if that if that fight went six rounds, Connor probably would have lost. Yep. Anyway, I think I think wrestling's the same way. You can you can get people with uh very different styles. Like look at uh like AJ and Baron Corbin. Their matches were always good. Yeah, they they were um Yeah, which kind of almost worries me that it seems like they're setting up a Baron Corbin versus uh, Shinsuke Nakamura feud. Oh, definitely they like are. That, but it's like that feels like it might be a little bit weird. Like yeah. I think I think Nakamura. I think they can they can have a good match, but it still it won't be too bad. I'm hopefully. sure it'll be it'll, it'll be fine. It's going to be a lot of character stuff, and then like yeah. some vicious attacks. And Baron's whole shtick is that. He's a tough son of a bitch, and that's pretty much Nakamura's a guy who can dish it out. So yeah, it'll it'll probably be a pretty brutal match. Yeah, we're gonna get a lot of Kinshases, a lot of knee strikes, and a lot of Baron fucking throwing Nakamura around. Probably yeah, which will look cool, and mm-hmm. I think it'll expose the the normal WWE audience of the toughness from Nakamura, which they haven't really seen yet. Yeah, that's what they're going to get into. Like, we've been seeing the flashy matches with yeah. Nakamura and Dolph. Dolph's going to go in there and have flashy matches. He's going to take your moves, and they're all going to look great. Yeah. Because yeah, he whereas, bounces around the ring like a fucking bouncy ball. Yeah, whereas, like, Nakamura fighting from behind can also be really interesting. Yeah, definitely. Uh, um, but, yeah, the the other highlights from the, the New Japan and... Uh, Long Beach shows the G1 specials. But like I said, I really like that Zack Sabre Jr. Uh, Ishii match. I missed that one. Oh, you missed that one? Mm-hmm. I, thought, I thought we nope. turned in just in time. but No, I came like right afterwards. Oh, okay. 
Um, we both missed the Omega versus e, uh, Omega versus Lethal match, which apparently really quick, but really good. Um, and but I think I didn't pay attention to Lethal's match the night before either. So okay, it was okay. Yeah, I, d- I definitely missed. Like I kind of just showed up. I think both times. Well, night two or the the last night of it. I think I saw most of the show. Yeah, I think we saw most of the show. Can't remember what we were doing. Oh, the they were uh, peek behind the curtain. Uh, they were recording Fantasy Hangover, right? Um, beforehand, because we record heard usually on Sunday nights um, until the season starts, um, and then that would be really dumb to record Sunday nights. Sure, because <laughs> um, there's football. Because there's still football on. Uh, Let's preview the football games. While they're happening. While they're happening. Um, as we say, ironically, when we are literally watching UFC. Yeah, we're not really covering it, though. But we're not covering this one. We'll cover it at the end of the episode when it's over. Prelims of the Ultimate Fighter finale. Yeah, those are on right now while we're recording. Uh, but yeah, we uh, the, the other highlights, uh, notable things from the Long Beach shows... Uh, the tension in the Bullet Club, and then uh, I can't remember if you saw this either. Rapungi Vice breaking up. I did see that. Okay, you did see that. Beretta going singles. Romero going singles until the New Japan Dojo opens, and then he'll just be on the new be training at the New Japan Dojo, the LA one. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a trailer for some show that looks interesting. Ah, uh, the Strain, I think. Right on, man. Yeah. That's yeah. a book series, isn't it? It's a book series, too. And I think the a lot of the first season was directed by Guillermo del Toro. Fuck yeah. So, yeah, that makes sense. I remember hearing about that now. Yeah. I'll have to watch I, that. I can't remember if it's on Netflix or if it's on, like, Amazon Prime. I think it might be on Amazon Prime. The Strain? The Strain, yeah. So that's already happening? Yeah, I think that was the trailer for like season two, I believe. Okay. We'll or maybe maybe that. season three. I'll have to look for that. If it I have bo- I have all the streaming things, so Yeah. Todd Grisham commentating right now. What? <laughs> yeah, he got hired by UFC. I completely forgot about he that. He got fucking roasted on the fighter and the kid too. Of course he did. Because nobody knew who he was, but he was a good sport about it. Okay. Well at least he was a good sport about it. I mean Ashley Yoder, she's a looker. Anyway, she's also straw weights, which is what one fifteen, one fifteen, or yeah, one fifteen because fly weights one twenty five, and there's no yeah, women's for fly you, weight. Devin. <laughs> Devin's also here. Devin's here, not saying anything. You you might faintly hear him mumbling in the background. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Uh, so yeah. Uh. But then the tension in the Bullet Club. Uh, uh, with between Cody and Omega could be interesting going down the down the road. Yeah, I mean it. It seems like an inevitable split, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, you know, if the the elite and the Bullet Club go their separate waves, then we have an NWO and a Wolfpack situation, and we all know where that ended up. Yeah, Cody's gonna I finger poke I'd... Kenny and then <laughs> get the belt or something. No. <laughs> Oh my God! Vince Russo is going to come out, and uh-huh. which it is funny. There, there's a uh, a stat that I saw, and basically, I think it was in the last, I want to say three, no, in the last five years or four years for sure. 
there have only been five different like um, IWGP heavyweight champions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw that. That it has only rotated between Tanahashi, Okada, AJ Styles, uh, Naito. Naito, and who else was it? I don't know. Was was I th- it? Five? I, think, I think it was just those. Four. It might have been just those four because yeah. I can't think of who else. Yeah, because I can't remember who else either. Um, because Nakamura always had the IC title. He never had the the big belt. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's just really weird. Like, yeah, it's only been those couple, which I think is why a lot of people were like, "Don't no, Cody cannot win this title." Yeah, I mean, it would have been a it would have been a big thing for Cody to think he'd be sitting there with the new the IWGP and the Ring and of Honor Ring of Honor titles which is that could be an interesting storyline that they could do something with that but yeah then again the idea of one guy holding multiple world championships it's it always comes down to how do you get them off of him yep yeah and that's that's the thing and like because why would you sign up if it's like oh you're gonna wrestle Cody for the Ring of Honor title it's like oh well but he's also the New Japan He's IWGP champion. Why yeah. can't I also have that? I beat him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and especially when it's like you don't want to... Like, Zack Sabre Jr. right now is, like, the Evolve champion and and the PWG champion and um, Rev Pro. But those are all clearly a tier or two below New Japan. So he can right. lose, you know, whatever in new japan as long as he's not defending those titles right well and the the same thing too is that like uh those companies really don't have anything to do with each other yes that's true but like new japan and ring of honor they've defended titles on each other's shows so like it wouldn't be out of the question if somebody had both belts to go why the fuck am i not getting a shot at both titles yeah exactly um, so that's that's like the Ring of Honor champion. I don't think has ever defended on PWG. Not recently. Yeah, I'm sure. Think, like maybe. Yeah, I think years, early on years, years they, ago they but, did, but like I, I know, like the, sometimes the Ring of Honor champion would go to indie shows and defend yeah. the belt against some the guy, the top guy at random indie show, and obviously retain. Yeah, I want to say the last. The last Ring of Honor champion to really like go outside of Ring of Honor defending it, um, other than in New Japan, uh, was uh, really enough the guy who just got released, Austin Aries. Yeah, like his first title run, he did a lot of like going to Germany and mm-hmm. defending in WXW, and I I want to say he might have defended in PWG. Once. I think Davey Richards did. Davey Richards too. might have, yeah, too. But um, it's like, it's that maybe. level of guys. Yeah. Well. Um, but yeah, so let's do uh, plugs and upcoming events. All right. For you. Yeah, fucking Saturday, July 8th. Either tomorrow or today, I guess. I don't know when you're going to listen to this. Or it already happened. Yeah. Um, Pro Wrestling Battleground goes to Willowski's Blue Saloon in St. Paul, as always, for Perseverance, Scott Story versus Airwolf for no championship. Yep, because Lore is defending the Breakout Championship against Petey Brown. Yep. So, 
Yeah. I only know that because I'm the commentator or something, mm. I guess. Yeah, we're both heavily involved yeah. in these shows. So that's a big one. Uh, and then I'm off for a well, I think you're off for like a week, aren't you? I have, um, I have the 15th and 16th off. So then I don't have another show until uh, the 22nd of July, which is an MIW show in Hamill. July 22nd, MIW returns to Hamill in cahoots. Uh, rumble in the cage. So I'm not in the cage. Don't get your hopes up. Uh, Mitch and Lore finally having their cage match that we were unable to have at the last show in Roseville because there was a tent that was too low. Um, but I will be defending the MIW championship against Ryan Cruz. Yeah, it was. it is titled Story versus Cruz 2 mm-hmm. on the Facebook event. So, yeah, I will be defending again against Ryan Cruz. And if you think, if you fucking think the outcome is going to be any different, well, I got two words for you. It won't. What do you think I was going to say? It's a contraction. You're wrong. <laughs> and I'll tell you what else would be electric. He's notorious now. He's not notorious. And you can follow me at Knocked Out Films on Instagram, Twitter. Uh, the Saber Legion video should be out this week. Uh, sending, putting the finishing touches on it now, and sending it to the promoter, and um, doing a bunch of other random stuff. So, oh, ah, uh, fucking also, ProWrestlingTees.com/slash/ScottStory. There is a twenty percent off sale going on right now. From the 6th to the 10th, at noon on the 10th, by the way, uh, promo code AMERICA. So, and that's fucking store-wide, too. So, obviously, you're going to go to my store and get yeah. my t-shirts for 20% off. Quite the deal, because normally they're like 15% off. So, this is a yep. pretty, a much bigger deal than normal. Uh, so, make sure to check that out and visit other wrestlers you like, too. Fucking... Be Fill up of, that shopping cart. Yeah, be one of the few to have the never-ending. Uh, yep, the internet-exclusive never-ending T-shirt. Uh, and da, 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 yeah, so Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at the Scott Story. All right, thanks. Thank you.